Welcome to the Intelligent Equity Podcast. The mission of this podcast is simple, to help consumers understand residential mortgage lending and the concept behind building equity and living the American dream. Now, here's your host, Ryan Kiefer. Hey everybody, Ryan Kiefer here, Prime Lending. Welcome to another edition of Intelligent Equity, the podcast about all things financial with a focus on mortgage and real estate. Today I have a very special guest with me, a business partner and good friend of mine, Mr. Michael Wallet with Star One Realtors, recent award winner of the Cincinnati Circle of Excellence Awards, where they award top realtors in the city. You know, you it's kind of taboo for you to brag on yourself. Right. Brag on <laughs> also recently promoted to senior sales vice yeah. president over yep. at Star One. So yep. thank thanks, you. I appreciate thanks for you being here. Me for sure. Yeah, senior yeah. at thirty five. So at thirty five. Uh, yeah. It's fun. I mean, I've been doing this for fifteen years, so I guess uh, at this point I'm. Uh, Kind of used you kind to of are it, senior. So, yeah, you have your yeah. 15 years of kind experience, of you know, exactly. it's not necessarily the age, but, but right. the experience. Right. So at it for 15 years, that was going to be a, a first question, how long uh, you were at it. So um, what made you, you know, what, what's the why? How did you end up in real estate so, at a young age? Honestly, my dad and I actually uh, worked together on a flip several years ago, mm-hmm. and I was 19. Uh, I had owned probably about four or five different investment properties at that time, and I was going around. At 19? And collect- oh, yeah, at 19. Wow. Okay. I had 16 units at 19, so yeah. I'm going around, and I'm collecting rent from these people, yeah. and they're like, okay, the, the milk boy is here, right. or whatever, you know? So anyway, I, we were flipping houses, and uh, I got really interested in what the gentleman that was helping us buy, fix up, and, and sell these yeah. homes uh, was doing. So I asked him how he got involved in real estate. He gave me a couple of names and numbers, and I've been... You know, off and running, going since at then. it ever since. Yep, yep. That's awesome. So, 15, 16 years now in the business. Mm-hmm. Probably uh, no shortage of uh, challenges as well as success stories. Absolutely. I'm sure. Yeah, I've seen the roller coaster. Oh, yeah. of, uh, so of business. So. You were you were in it as as was I. You know, ten what ten eleven years ago, yep. and things got real fun, a little bit crazy with the, right. the Great Recession. Yep. What? Uh, so you know, we've kind of come full circle from that now. Obviously, where. A lot of great deals, you know, seven, eight years ago on homes. They've since appreciated that, you know, if you bought back in 2011, 2012, Gosh, you're a hero. You know, yep. I appreciate it. But right. there doesn't seem to be any end in sight. You know, there's there's no recession in sight at this point in time. Homes value still going up. What do you what are you seeing for 2020? What's the outlook? Uh, honestly, 2020 is a lot similar to 18 and 19, just mm-hmm. in our progression of our market. Um, you're seeing a lot less in inventory. We're about 15 percent mm-hmm. less in inventory from last year, this year again so far. Yeah. Yes. Um, so supply is low. Demand obviously mm-hmm. is high. So when you reach that point, you're starting to see a lot more sellers sell for a number right. um, that is close to values of what we were able to achieve in 2005, six, and seven, right, right around the time Back I started. So yeah. So it's very much shifted into that type of market. You're mm-hmm. going to continue into 2020 to see inventory to be a lot less than it was even in previous years recently. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, I talked about that on my mortgage minute last week that I guess inventory levels, which you didn't really think could go any lower, right. are now at the all-time lows right. since when they started measuring them back in 1982. Right. You know, I think we're at about three months and some change nationally. I think maybe even slightly less than that yep. now. Yep. Um, one of the th- things, you know, other things we've talked about on here is how it's um, it's been, and you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong or if it's still this way, it's been a tale of two markets in that your first-time buyer segment, your hundred, hundred fifty, maybe two hundred thousand dollar homes, very limited inventory there. Mm-hmm. When you get up to the mm-hmm. higher end, say four or five hundred thousand and above, 
a little more inventory. You know, right. those homes tend to sit a little yep. bit longer, but yep. you still seeing that for the first time buyers? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you're starting to see people looking in that 100 to 150, and mm -hmm. especially they're not trying to stretch themselves right. into purchasing a little bit more than what maybe they should. Mm -hmm. uh, so they're being a little bit more s smart and, you know, wiser with right. their money. Uh, at this point, because I think they've learned a lot of those people, even though maybe they weren't of that mm -hmm. age, learned a lot from our, you know, 07, 08, 09, right. and 10 markets yeah. uh, and what were going on, what was going on with, with people that were buying at that time. So uh, you are starting to see them come out of the woodwork a little bit more mm -hmm. and, and purchasing a little bit more. And, uh, and it's within that one, 150 range. So right. Uh, inventory is low on those, and we're mm -hmm. having to really go out and, and try and compete and, and, and get listings more so now than what we were in the past. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, no, very competitive. And anecdotally, you know, we're seeing, you know, we're recording this, it's the end of January. You know, it seems like an early spring market this year. You right. know, the weather's cooperating, right. which is certainly a good thing. Yeah. But it seems like a lot of those first-time buyers are trying to get ahead of the curve a little bit. Definitely busier than this time last year. Yeah, they are. And, and I know you see a lot of financing packages that allow for people mm -hmm. to have grant programs and different things that right. help with first-time home buyers especially. So a lot of them are kind of jumping on that early this right. year, and they were in 19 and 18 uh, respectively, so you're starting to see that trend continue in 2020. Right, absolutely. You know, and for those that are thinking about, well, should I buy now or should I, you know, stay on the fence? Maybe property values are going to go down. Uh, you know, recent article the other day I saw that, uh, you know, the millennials, you know, right, you, I mean. yeah, uh, I'm <laughs> right, right outside of that. I'm Gen X. I'm a little older, a little older than that. For right but, now. but anyway, so you know, the first time home buyer age, it used to be 24, 25, going yeah. back, you know, 15, 20 years ago. Right. Now it's up to 33. Right. You know, you know, the younger folks are, are living with parents a little bit longer, mm -hmm. maybe renting a little mm -hmm. longer, what have you. But the point there is that, okay, so the median home buying age is up to 33, first time home buyer's mm -hmm. age. If you look at on a chart, so those 33 year olds were born in 1986, 87, depending mm -hmm. on when their birthdays mm -hmm. were. If you look at on a chart where how many were born in each year, so how many millennials were born in 86, 87, 88, 89, 90, it goes up each year in terms mm -hmm. of population mm -hmm. and it peaks at 1990. Mm -hmm. Point being, long story short here, that you've got another good four to five years right. to run here with exactly. demand with what Warren Buffett calls biology, right. that is, you right. know, kids getting out of parents' right. home. Right. So there's no end in sight no. really for demand from first time buyers. No, there's not. I yeah. mean, and honestly with our market the way it's been, People are still continuing to buy. It's mm -hmm. been a very strong market for us as, as real estate agents, I know, for yeah. you and being in the mortgage business. Right. Uh, those individuals, like I said, they're being smarter with their money. Right. Uh, they're saving. They're maybe staying at home, living at home with their yep. parents, and uh, able to put that money in their pockets mm -hmm. instead of going out and spending it on things that maybe aren't necessities for them. Sure. So right. that's really helped with, Smart. with people being able to purchase and actually having money down to be able to do so. Yeah. Smart. So what uh, tips or tricks have you seen that have worked? You know, if you get into, a, let's say you, you see a house pop up, brand new listing, you just know it's going to go into multiple mm -hmm. offers. What are, you, what are you telling your prospective buyers? I mean, a lot of times, you know, right now in our market, we have to jump on mm -hmm. something. When, you know, back when I started, or at least soon after I started, it was you could schedule something on Tuesday mm -hmm. to see five or seven listings on a Saturday. Right. Well, now that's, you can't you do can't, that now. You can't, Because yeah. by Saturday, five of those seven are gone. Gone. Okay. Right. Um, so with that said, we're having to really jump on things quickly. Mm -hmm. So we'll set them up on a portal. And once something hits the market and it gets sent to their mm -hmm. email as well as mine, we're able to see that, 
schedule it and get out to take a look at it right away. Yeah, no, it's smart. I had a couple, you know, anecdotally again come together last week, $160,000, $170,000 purchases. These young couples were out looking in the fall at houses, learned lessons yeah. the hard way yeah. that they looked at the house and then said, well, we want to go think about it. You know, realtor tried to tell them, you don't have time to think right. about it. Tomorrow this house is right. gone. Right. Sure enough, it was yep. in both cases. Yep. So. Last week, you know, lesson learned the hard way. They jumped on it, wrote those offers right away, and happy to say, you know, both both of them won well, their offers. Um, they definitely one paid full list, no seller paid cost. Mm -hmm. uh, the other one ended up paying about three thousand over list. So mm -hmm. it's just as competitive as ever. Uh, that's our market right now. I mean, yeah. another thing too, with like you said, with closing costs. I mean, a lot of times people don't realize that sellers are coming back and incorporating that mm -hmm. cost into their purchase price. Oh sure. So it's almost more beneficial if a lot of times if you can to be able to pay for those costs yep. yourself. That way you're not asking for more concessions right. that the seller would have to have to pay for to make it a little bit stronger of Absolutely. an offer on paper. So. Yeah, I tell buyers that all the time. It's right. like, you know, you can ask for seller paid costs. Just understand they're gonna back that out of their net proceeds and when they're when you're negotiating, they you know, they're not paying them out of the goodness right. of their heart. No, they're not. <laughs> you know? No, they're not. They're, they're it's just all part of somehow. the yeah, yeah, it's all part right. of the negotiation. Right. But right. you know, you mentioned earlier we have plenty of different grant programs to help with that, you know, because mm -hmm. the thing you have to worry about if you end up going over list price is, is it going to appraise? Right. You know, and, and nine times out of 10, it does. But, you know, you go over enough in a multiple offer situation and you're factoring closing costs on top of that, you're putting a lot of pressure on, on the appraiser you right. know, to, to right. make that happen. Right. So just, you know, food for thought there. Another stat I read the other day, I'm a numbers nerd, but this just kind of fascinates <laughs> right. me how it all comes together, <laughs> is that part of the reason we have an inventory shortage, you probably know this already, is that it used to be that people stayed in their house for about seven years on mm -hmm. average. Yep. Now it's up to 13 years. Yep. So no wonder we have an inventory shortage. Right. Yeah. People so. are staying longer inside yeah. their homes. Um, I think a lot of people that are in that millennial who mm -hmm. maybe already purchased, right. some of those people might upgrade a little bit sooner than obviously 13 years into something right. a little bit larger. Sure. But for the most part, you are seeing people staying in their homes a little bit longer, and you've got a shortage of short sales and foreclosures. Exactly. Which goes back to like what we were talking about earlier with a stronger mm -hmm. market. You don't right. see a lot of those out there right now where it's mostly seller market, seller-owned right. properties. more traditional mm -hmm. versus, yeah, the, the 2012 through 14, 15, right. you know, you extravaganza. A lot of, yeah. Yeah, of bank-owned properties, yeah. right, All right. kinds of fun stuff. Right. Switch gears a little bit. I know you're very active in the community. Yep. Um, you do a lot for the community um, where you're from, giving back. Why, yep. why don't you tell us a little bit about that? So, uh, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, actually coaching seventh grade basketball, All boys right. basketball Fine. at uh, St. William. Over Starting in, to come together for them a little yeah, bit. Quick. Over in yeah, West Price Hill. It's actually a school that I went to. Okay. And it's kind of funny because when I was young, and playing basketball and playing sports yeah. at St. William, I, I, looking at these guys and my coaches, like, who are these old guys coaching me, right? right? Not one of those old guys Not coaching. Old guy. So, uh, but it's fun. I, I love helping families, helping kids. I mean, yeah. to me, that's what it's all about and see Absolutely. the smiles on their faces. Um, I know last year they won a few games. This year we won almost 10. Nice. So it's a huge turnaround, and, and, and I, of course, like to contribute coaching to sure. all that, right? Well, but, absolutely. Uh, no, it, it's just been, it's been a ton of fun. I love those kids to death, and, and they're just, just wonderful, wonderful kids, wonderful family, and a great That's community. Awesome. So, That's yeah. awesome. Well, they're fortunate to have you, I'm sure. Yeah. No, so I've seen the pictures much. on Facebook. It yeah. looks like they're having they fun. They are having fun, the, yeah. Just the most as important thing. As much as I can coach them and, and keep them smiling as right. much as I can. So. Right, yeah. But Once yeah. it gets not fun anymore. No, yeah. it's, yeah. <laughs> right. as, as with a lot of things. Right, exactly. Exactly. So, 
Well, Michael, man, thanks so much for being here. I appreciate here. it. Yes, thank for you. Our, for our listeners and guests yes, out there, we'll you put much. your contact information at the bottom for of the sure. screen for the video for sure. version, yeah. for the audio version on, on the podcast. It'll be in the contact notes if someone wants to reach out to you with uh, anything real estate related. I, I appreciate would that. certainly encourage them to do Very so. Much. Thank this you. has been Ryan Kiefer with another edition of Intelligent Equity. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Intelligent Equity Podcast with Ryan Kiefer. If you like what you heard, please share this podcast and hit subscribe to get notification of all new episodes.